Let's pray and then we'll jump into the word. Lord, thank you for uh, your goodness to us. Uh, uh, just thinking of this scripture that we're going to be speaking a little bit about today, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, just loving us, Lord. Even when we were the furthest thing from deserving it, you love us. And we just say we're grateful, and we're just inviting you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us, work in us, redeem our lives for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're speaking uh, on this series called Called, and uh, we, we, you know, we've got the, and these screens, and, uh, and we're doing stuff with our stage, and everything's kind of in the middle of everything. Uh, it seems kind of funny. I don't even know. I keep asking uh, the tech guys, uh, we're going to have a TV monitor kind of on the stage here. I said, is it, is it ready to go yet? No, it's not ready to go yet. I don't know if it was ready to go, what I would do <laughs> with it. Uh, but, so thanks for your grace. Thanks for uh, 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 putting up with us and uh, doing, uh, giving us some grace. Uh, but we're doing this series called Called. And uh, last week we introduced it. We talked about how our call is bigger than our jobs, you know, sometimes we have a job that we do, that's not our call, our call is bigger than that, we're called by God, we talked about that last week again, that we were called before we were born, even, we were called by God, God had plans for us, even before we were created, he created us with that call in mind, that we're not, it's not up to us, what we're going to do with our lives, it's up to God who made us. And uh, we talked about how our mistakes, uh, how we can sometimes feel limited, but our mistakes don't have to limit our call. There's no plan B for you. God created you with a plan A, and he wants to fulfill it. He might have some things he's got to redeem in you and me, but he wants to redeem that and do that work. Today we're going to spend some time on the most important aspect of our call, and uh, I, I, we need to get this. Uh, if you think about your call, we're talking about five facets of our call, of five ways that God calls us. And so today we're talking about the first one. But it's, it's kind of like the one facet that holds everything together. So this is an important one for us to get. Uh, it affects everything. And it flows from this truth in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It's, uh, Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says, Even before... He made the world. When was that? That was a long time ago. Before you and I ever existed. Before, even before he made the world. What does it say? God loved us. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that. Before anything existed. Before the world, the universe. Before anything was set into motion. The Bible says... God loved you and I. Isn't that amazing? This is an amazing truth. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You know, God decided in advance to adopt you and I to be his very own children. It's amazing. Amazing. And this points us to what he wants to do in our lives. Our greatest pleasure, his greatest pleasure, 
is that we would be loved by him. That's the first blank. Just in case you, you're, you got those sheets on your chair, you're into filling in the blanks and keeping up, and you don't got one, you can ask the ushers, they'll, they'll get you one in a pen. But our greatest purpose, our greatest purpose, this, this is important for us to get. This is important for us to get. It's to be loved by God. It's to be loved by God. You know, some of us, we can go through life. We can spend a lot of money trying to be loved. We can spend a lot of effort trying to be loved. We can look for love. There's a song, isn't there? Looking for love where? In all the wrong places. We can do all kinds of stuff. Well, I want you to know that God wants you to know your greatest purpose. Your greatest purpose is to be loved by God. God made you. Why did he make you? He made you to be loved by him. He wants you to know you're loved. You're loved. You're loved. God did not create you to worship him. That wasn't his greatest purpose for you. God created you with his highest purpose, to be loved by him. Worship is our natural response to that, right? He loves us, and then we respond, which we were just doing. Wasn't that awesome? I was really thrilled with you. I was bragging to God about you in my heart. Oh, I was like, God, you must be so blessed by these gateway, the gateway family. They love you. And he said to me, I want them to know something even greater than that, is that I love them. I love them. You were created by God to be loved by God. You were created by God not to serve God. That's not why he created you. He created you so you could be loved by him. It's not the greatest thing to serve him. It's not the greatest thing to do anything for God. The greatest thing for you to do is to be loved by God. You know, Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Some of you are sitting there thinking, yeah, I know, I know. I know. Let's get on to the next point. Because I already know that one. The fact that you want to get on to the next point tells me something. That you have not encountered this reality. That God loves you. He doesn't want anything from you other than he wants to love you. He wants to pour his love on you. Jude wrote this. You know, Jude was Jesus' brother. There's a book in the Bible written by Jude, small book, one chapter long. And Jude was Jesus' half-brother. Mary was Jesus' mom. I know some of you are looking at me like, what? Jesus had brothers? <laughs> Jesus' mom was Mary. His dad was God. Mary was a virgin. She conceived Jesus. But after that, 
Mary was married to Joseph, and Mary and Joseph had kids. <laughs> brothers and sisters. Jesus had brothers and sisters, half-brothers and sisters. One of them was Jude. Jude wrote this in Jude 1, verse 1. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. So one of Jesus' brothers was James and one was Jude. I'm writing to all who have been called by God. Called by God. That's you. Who loves you. I'm writing to all who have been called by God. Who loves you? Jesus' brother wrote to you a message. <laughs> I'm writing a message to you, every one of you who's been called by God. God loves you. He loves you. Greatest purpose. My greatest purpose. What's my greatest purpose? What's your greatest purpose? To be loved by God. Second blank. God has called me into relationship with him. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Lavished is like what you do with whipped cream on your waffles. Huh? Like, I, like... I know when you have company at your house and they try to act polite, they put a little dollop, little blob on there. But when they're not there, you know, it's like, blah, blah. you get that whipped cream can. Squirting into your mouth. I know you guys. That's what God does with his love. He's lavishing it on you, on the waffles, on, in his mouth. <laughs> He's lavishing on that love. That we would be called what? The children of God. And that is what we are. The Bible says that's what you are. You're the children of God. You know, the one thing that God, that, about God that affects everything, we see in John, 1 John 4 verse 8, is this scripture that says, God is love. God is love. He doesn't just love. It's what God is made of. It's the essence of God. It's the character of God. God loves. That's what God is. And in fact, the fact that we love is a response to the fact that God is love. That we know how to uh, feel love or know how to give love is based on this reality that God is love. How can we know for sure that God loves us? I read this scripture to you earlier, Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How do we know? How can I know that God loves me? I think we got a picture. I think we got a picture. There it is right there. How do we know? That's how we know. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
while we were enemies of God, while we didn't even know about God, while we were living our lives for ourselves, Christ died for us. By the way, that might have been just before you got here. You were living for yourself. Maybe you're up to something before you came to church and you're thinking, if you only knew what I was doing before church, you wouldn't be saying that God loves me. Yes, I would. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you and I. What does the cross reveal about Jesus' love for me? Number one, that it wasn't deserved in my past. That's another blank there because you're keeping up with those. It wasn't deserved in my past. You know, there was nothing that you did in your past before you were born to convince Jesus <laughs> to go to the cross for you. He did it before you were even born, before you even were. You couldn't deserve his love. He just did it. Another thing it reveals is it isn't earned in my present. It's not earned. By grace you have been saved. And this is a gift from God, the Bible says. It's a gift. The love of God is a gift to you. When We talked about this last week as well. When you do something to earn a gift, that's called a reward. And there are things. The Bible says if you uh, seek God, he's going to reward you for seeking him. But you can't earn his love. You can't earn it. It's not earned in your present. It's a gift from him to you. Just receive it. That's how you get a gift, is you put your hands out and you say, thank you. That's got my name on it. Thank you. Number three, it will complete my future. Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this, he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion. That's not good news. Okay, five things God's love invites me to trade up for. We'll go through these pretty quick because we don't got that much time. You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we can grasp this fact that we're loved by God, what does it invite us to trade up for? Anybody ever want to trade up? There's a dealership in town, a car dealership, that says you can trade up, down, or straight across. You know that one? Who'd want to trade down, you know? Who's going to get trade down for a car? I'm going to get a worse car than I got now. <laughs> trade up. You want to trade up. You recognize God loves you, loves me. It gives us the opportunity to trade up. Okay? Let's not just live this low level. What? Pastor Greg, you mean God loves me? He loves me despite my past, my present, my future. He just loves me? The cross proves that? Well, I'm taking that to the bank. I would urge you to take it and say, you know what? I've been living at this level. What? What? 
I am called to something else, right? So I want to tell you five things you're called to. I'm not going to make you. I'm just going to invite you to trade up. Number one, I trade my shame for acceptance. Acceptance. You know, most people avoid God for one reason, and it's shame and guilt. You know, you wouldn't believe how many times I'm a pastor talking to people. They're like, oh, you wouldn't want me in your church because the second I go in there, a lightning bolt is going to come down and it's not going to be good. You know what? People are just being honest. They feel like they're ashamed of who they are. And that's all they got when it comes to their relationship with God. And I'm urging you, let's trade our shame for acceptance. Romans 5 verse 1 says, by faith we've been made, what does that word say? Acceptable to God. You are acceptable to God. It's not because of who you are, what you've done in your flesh. It's your faith in Jesus. It's made you acceptable. You are accepted by God. And now, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can now live at peace with God. You can enjoy a relationship with God. There's no, oh no, I wonder what's going to go on. You know? Anybody live like that in your house? You know, you're, maybe you had a parent that was like really volatile or something, and you're just like you're on pins and needles. Maybe you work in a place, in the office or whatever, and you're on pins and needles whenever someone's around. Well, that's not our relationship with God. You are acceptable. You are accepted by God. When we have this revelation about how we're accepted by God, we can overcome uh, all of the biggest challenges that we have. We can overcome. We realize we no longer have to try to belong. We realize we no longer have to try to measure up. We are accepted. We belong. You know, uh, before church, we have prayer in the room behind here. And I'll tell you, it's like packed in there. Crazy people just want to go and encounter God's presence. I just love it. And uh, sometimes, uh, because I'm busy helping people and stuff, someone will say, why is everyone in there? Can I go in there? I'm like, heck yeah, you can go in there. You belong in there. You're accepted. You're accepted by God. You, you don't have to try to measure up. You belong. It's right on our street sign. You belong here. God accepts you. No matter who you are. No matter what you think. No matter what you've done. No matter what you're going through. You know, over the years, I've faced criticism. You know, because I'm a pastor. You know, pastors say things publicly and sometimes they get criticized. Sometimes strangers have criticized me. Uh, friends have criticized me. My family, not my wife. My, my wife is serving on online church today. But we did not have a fight, <laughs> by the way. 
she's in my office serving people that are on uh, online. You guys can say hi to her on there. And, uh, and uh, sometimes even family can criticize me. You know, people, th- you know, some, I think some of you face criticism. How do we deal with criticism? How do I deal with it? How can you deal with people that are against you? You know, maybe you're stewing at home, online, wondering, how am I going to ever please everyone in my life? Well, I want to give you some news. You're not going to please everyone in your life. No. Romans 8, 33 and 34 says, If God says his chosen ones are acceptable to him, can anyone bring charges against them? <laughs> Isn't that great? I just love that. If God is for you, in other words, who can be against you? If someone is critical of you, criticizes you, doesn't accept you, you know what I'd suggest? You just say, oh well. Oh well. God accepts me. And there's one person I am most pleased to be pleasing right now, and it's him. (laughs) We don't have to please everyone. We can be loved and accepted by the one who loves and defends us from everyone and everything. So stop striving and simply just receive your acceptance. Okay, so that's one thing you can trade up for. Another thing, number two, I trade up for my bondage for boldness. My bondage for boldness. Romans 8, 14, 15 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, uh, so you have not received a spirit that makes you f- fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit. I heard the intercessors praying this scripture this morning. Oh, it's exciting to me uh, in the room back there, all the people that were praying. And when I say intercessor, I just mean everybody that was there that was praying. There was some, someone brought up this scripture and was praying it. Uh, instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. There it is. That's what you're called to do. Be loved by God. Be in relationship with him. Now we call him... Abba, Father. And that next blank. Abba simply means. Man, you guys gave me a lot of stuff right there. I got a lot. This is what I have for my blank. Daddy. Daddy. Abba simply means daddy. You know, Abba is a word that's used in the Middle East. In these Middle Eastern languages right now. It's a word that kids learn first. My wife and I, when we had our kids, we were always trying to get them to say their first word. She was trying to get them to say, Mommy. And I was trying to get them to say, Daddy. And it was kind of a competition. Oh, they said Dad first. They said Daddy first. <laughs> you, know, my, you know, the funny thing is, I, I, and I, you can ask Carla. I can't remember for sure. But some of my kids actually did say Daddy first. Here's a woman that laid down her life. You know, body's all stretched out of shape and getting up all through the night, nursing, changing diapers, laid down her life 
And I was proud that they said daddy first. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing to me. I, I, now when I think about it, I actually feel bad that I even would think of such a thing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine little children learning their first words if they felt like they had to say something to impress us? You know? I'm a pastor and, and my official title is Reverend, Reverend Gregory Paulson. And so some people, you know, and they're teasing me, they'll say, oh, the most holy reverend uh, <laughs> Pastor Gregory Paulson, you know. You know can we, you imagine that we expected something like that from our kids, that they came in and said, oh, the most holy, most righteous, holy reverend Pastor Greg Paulson. I want to just talk to you for a, a moment. You know, can you imagine if your kids would talk to you? You'd be like, huh? Who are you, who are you talking about? Who are you talking to? No. <laughs> my grandkids come over to my house and they call me Papa. Papa. Abba. Papa. Don't expect them to... Don't expect anything from them. You know what I want them to know? I love them. And you know what? The fact that they call me Papa shows me that they believe it to be true. They don't have to impress me. And they helped me wash the car. And so I gave them some money. I can't remember. I gave them $10 each or something. I did most of the work. But I wanted to bless them. I wanted them to know I loved them. And so they came over, and it was Jared and Jalissa's getting mar uh, married the next day, I think. And uh, they were going on a honeymoon. And so I said, let's wash Jared and Jalissa's car, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were spraying water everywhere, soap. And they ended up having a water fight and chasing each other. And I ended up washing the car. But they came and said to me after, Papa, you forgot to pay us. I said, oh, I did. I said, how much do you charge for that? They said, uh, $30 each. <laughs> Verse 17 of Romans chapter 8 says, And since we're his children, we will share his treasures. For all God or for all God gives to his son, Jesus is now ours too. That's what God wants to give to you. Everything he gives to his son is yours. We don't need to come in some thinking we've got to measure up, add up, have some special formula. We need to come to our father in heaven and say, Daddy, I need you. I need you. I need some help with this. I need you to kind of help me through this or whatever. And when we can get this revelation of God's love uh, as his children, man, it's going to go a long way. Uh, this week, Pastor Kimmy's daughter came into, and we were having a meeting, and uh, Trin, and she said, I'm sorry. You know, she came to her. I said, you're not sorry. You're not sorry coming in here. You came in here expecting something from us. You got a question or whatever. And I was just kind of razzing. I was thinking of this exact point in the message. 
And uh, I said, Trin, you belong here. You belong here. You have the right to come in here and bug us. You do. Be bold. Don't live in bondage. Don't be sitting in the other room thinking, oh, I got, a, I got this problem and I don't know what to do. If I go in there and interrupt them, I don't know. No, you belong. Come in and ask. If I can help you, man, I'm going to. If I can do it, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come before the bold, uh, boldly before the throne of grace. <laughs> there we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the very most. Number three. I'm going to go through these last three really fast. I trade my trouble for peace. You know, in this life, we're going to have trouble. We're going to face some pain. We're going to face difficulties. We're going to face loss. We're going to face trials and temptations. Some of you have actually said to me, why am I going through this? Why does it seem my difficulties never seem to end? And the reason is, is this is what happens in life, that we will face troubles. Jesus said, I have told you these things in John 16, 33, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will face trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. The difference is, Jesus said, is when we face trouble, we can know that we know the overcomer of trouble, right? So even though we're going through trouble, we can have peace. This is why Paul said, there's a peace for you that doesn't make sense or a peace that passes understanding. Some of you are facing tremendous challenges. Some of you face loss. Some of you feel like there's no hope. Some of you have asked the question, why am I going through this? Well, the difference between you and I is that we can know hope because we know the hope giver. I wished I had more time. I was going to tell you an exciting story about Kevin uh, Maurice this morning, but I'm going to share it another time. We'll take a little bit more time. And Kevin's got a miracle story of hope, of when people said there's no hope. And God turned it around. Even angels came onto the scene. And, and uh, his mom had an encounter with an angel. She was telling me about it the other day. Wow, exciting story. Uh, I'll share it to you another day. But I want to tell you this. Explanations. That's the next blank, sir. Explanations won't comfort. But God's presence will. So when you're going through a challenge, going through a difficulty, the temptation might be to run away from God. But the place you want to be is in his presence. Explanations sometimes will not answer the trouble that you're going through, but his presence will. Number four, I trade my fear for courage. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. It's not that we don't love God. It's that we don't comprehend how much 
He loves us. <laughs> Man, I wished if I had some of God's love bottled, I would just pour it out on you. <laughs> that you could just comprehend his goodness, his love. Yeah, well, that's a, that's, that's a respect, right? This is not respect. This is, this is talking about, about uh, fear that disables you, right? Fear that, that cripples you. Number five, I trade my worry for worship. I trade my worry for worship. First John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. Why do we love? Why do we love God? So we can get something from him? So we can feel like we deserve his love? No, we love because he first Loved us. This is talking about that experience of love that God wants us to happen. You know, worship flows when we have a response of love towards God. Worship is a choice. This is the choice that we have when it comes to worry. Will I worry? Or will I worship? Will I worry or will I worship? Worry points to our own ability. What we can do in our own strength. Worship points to our trust in God and what he can do. And what he will do on our behalf. Will I look at my problems? Or will I look at God's love for me? Will I act like an atheist and worry? <laughs> or will I act like God's son or daughter and trust him to love me more? Authentic worship flows from my experience or experiencing the love of Jesus myself. I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning So close. John... John 1 verse 12 says, But to all who believed in him, he gave the right to become the children of God. How do we, how do we become the children of God? We believe. That's how we do it. We believe. If you're watching online, you're wondering, how do I become a child of God? If you're here in the room, how do I encounter the love of God? Will you believe in him? And so we're just going to ask you to close your eyes. And we're just going to give those a chance. Maybe you're here today. You've never, you've never believed in Jesus. You think, how do I do that? Well, you just open your mouth and you just say, Jesus, I believe in you and I'm fighting you into my life. I'm asking you to love me just as I am. I'm asking you to forgive me. Make me a new person. Make me your child. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.